Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trash Fire Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones. And uh, first thing first, right off the bat, let's review the week. Uh, this past Thursday, I was at Still Not Friday at uh, Two Brothers Roundhouse for their uh, stand-up showcase. It was fantastic. Such a fun time. Um, Dave Sitko hosted. Mike Wiley and I both had guest sets. Uh, Paul Farivar, Chris Tranny, and Kat Rabarski all did the features. Um, they were all fantastic. In fact, uh, Paul is uh, at the Comedy Shrine this weekend, so Friday, which was yesterday as of this recording, and tonight as of this recording. Uh, and speaking of tonight, I will be dropping in uh, at Comedy Shrine for a guest set uh, for the 8 o'clock, and uh, if there's a 10 o'clock, I'll be there too. Um, so yeah, come out to Comedy Shrine tonight if you're listening to this on Saturday, the day that I'm recording it. Uh and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you. Um, looking forward to weeks from today, I will be at Shots and Giggles at the Drunken Donut. Uh, it's me, Lam Galuka, Emily Schaefer, Tessa Orzak, Tyler Kretz, uh, Ryan Mason, and Cameron Gillette with, uh, uh, Timmy Blaze and Amy Blaze doing the hosting. Uh, so that's going to be super fun. I've never done that show before. So I'm getting to debut at a lot of new shows this month. You know, um, like I said, just did Still Not Friday, doing Shots and Giggles. Uh, and then later on in the month, I will be uh, at uh, uh, Still Happy or Stay Happy's Rising Laughter at My Buddies in Chicago. I'll, I'll talk more about that as I get closer to it. Um, but yeah. Really fantastic show Thursday, plus Game of Microphones was a successful evening. Uh, uh, I wasn't there, because obviously I was at Still Not Friday, but uh, congrats to Desmond Rooney for uh, winning that one, and uh, uh, you know Jack Baker uh, did the, the guest hosting, and Brooke Sullivan uh, headlined and closed out the show, and it was a successful night, so I'm happy about that. I'm happy that Game of Microphones continues its streak uh, this summer of, of, of really solid shows. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of, of how that's all turning out, and uh, yeah, this coming week is going to be uh, really good. Um, I don't have any of that in front of me. I know Amy Blaze is uh, closing out the night this coming Thursday, and I'll be hosting. So that's going to be fun. Uh, the The lineups, there's a couple spots uh, of competing comics still being uh, finalized, but this lineup's going to be great, I'm telling you right now. So come to Game of Microphones this Thursday uh, coming up. It is going to be wild. Um what I want to talk about today, and I, I, it's a, it's a topic I've talked about in the past a little bit here and there, in di- different ways, various ways. Um, you know, I came off Thursday feeling really good. Um, you know, still not Friday. Had a, uh, a successful guest set. Got a lot of good feedback. Um, people in the crowd uh, afterward responded very well to, to you know, certain bits and pieces of my material. Uh, so that, that, that's always rewarding to hear. And people remembered things that I said after the show was over and, and mentioned them to me, 
like in the hallway as I was on my way out and shit like that. And that's wild to me. That's so cool um, that people connected with some of that and, and that, that delights me. Um, but then Friday, uh, Fridays at the day job, uh, or the, the shoot job in, in, uh, wrestling parlance, I, that's enough of my identity, even though I'm no longer in the business wrestling shit's still gonna, it's still gonna be in my vocabulary forever. It's just, it's just forever there. Like some of the military shit, I ain't been in the military forever. Some of that shit's still going to be in there. But, um, anyway, uh, Thursday, super good. Friday, got to the day job, and, um, the, the day job's rough, uh, especially on Friday. It was, um, so a little insight into, into my job. I, uh, work for a restaurant chain. I, work out of a, a distribution hub where they make like big batches of certain products so that all of the restaurants have the same quality of product. Um, you know, so they're not making it differently from one restaurant to the next, you know, so anyone who goes to the restaurant has the same experience at each restaurant, etc., etc. You get the idea. And I, I work in the distribution hub, uh, taking the product from the hub to each of the restaurants. And, you know, obviously restaurants do more business on weekends. Um, but there are products, some of it is, you know, frozen stuff. Some of it is, is, uh, uh, dry goods stuff. Um, where we try, or we were trying to spread the week out a little more evenly. You know, there's, there's six deliveries a week. Uh, each store gets three deliveries a week. And, you know, we, we were trying to spread the weight out and within the past week, the decision was made because stores were complaining not to spread the weight out. And on top of that, it, it was an inventory week, which means all of the, the restaurants, uh, try to empty out their inventory, uh, all the way up until the day that they have to count what they have on hand. Uh, so that way they don't have to count as much and it doesn't count against their budget and whatever, whatever. Well, that was this week, and we didn't front load this week, which means all of the product for the weekend went out on Friday, um, which meant that I had a 12-hour day, and it was miserable. It was miserable. It sucked, and here's the thing. The rest of my week had been super quick and easy because, like I said, we weren't front-loading shit, so it was a, a chill week at work, I was having super short days, and that's cool, uh, I'm salaried in my position, uh, which means, you know, whether I have a short day or a long day, I'm paid the same, and so it's, you know, it's obviously to my advantage to have short days, uh, but eventually the long day is gonna happen, if you have short days, it's gonna catch up at some point, and it caught up this Friday, <coughs> excuse me, and, um, you know, so I'm spending a couple hours pulling frozen stuff out of a freezer and I package all the, all the product going out into totes, move the totes manually into the van, uh, or the truck, whichever vehicle I happen to be using this week, it was a, a van, you know, move all the stuff into the van, move all the stuff 
out of the van, do it all by hand, move it all myself. We're talking thousands upon thousands of pounds of product. And it's exhausting. And it, it's, I've talked about glitter crash, you know, that, that return to reality after the show or the run of shows or whatever, when you're feeling, you're feeling so good in that moment and you're, you're riding that high of performance and then you're back to reality. You're back to the day job, the, the quiet of your apartment, the, the, the slog of whatever, just real life shit, having to do chores, whatever the thing is that returns you to reality and takes you out of that, that brief but wonderful euphoria post-performance. And I felt that real hard yesterday, you know, like, cause I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was worried going into Thursday as I'm worried anytime I'm, I'm about to do a show where I'm either unfamiliar or, uh, you know, I, I just, I put pressure on myself and I performing scares me. Um, which I know for anyone who sees me perform that they never believe me when I say that, but whether it's with the band or whether it's, uh, with, with comedy, I still get nervous. I still get scared. I still have panic all the way up until the moment I hit the stage. And then once I hit the stage and I start doing the thing, um, that dissipates, but all the way up until that moment, I am so in my head and so freaked out. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was super worried about Thursday and then Thursday went so well. Uh, I, I, I felt so good coming off of it that, yeah, that, that Friday, uh, was, was rough. It was a slog. It was, it was difficult. Um, and you know, I, I think about like, God, I wish I could quit the day job, you know, like I wish I could, I could just blow up certain elements of my life and get them out of the way so I could focus more strongly on the things that I want to be doing, whether it's uh, comedy, whether it's focusing on working with the band. Uh, I have a, a few other creative outlet ideas in mind of, of projects that if I had the time uh, and, and, and the, uh, equipment, uh, I would be doing, whether it's, uh, video, cause I have a, I have a history, I have a background in video production. I used to produce, uh, a half hour program for the Pentagon channel on the regular. Uh, I used to produce, uh, a half hour wrestling program. Um, I think once a week, once every other week, uh, you know, plus my own, videos that I used to do, uh, I have a, a background in this stuff and I don't get to exercise it anymore because of time and equipment restrictions. Um, but if those restrictions were gone, that, that that's all I would do all day is just work on getting, uh, material out there you know, in whatever form or fashion I could. And 
you know, the, the drive to quit the day job, uh, is so present. Um, but I can't because, you know, I have bills, I have an apartment, I have a, uh, a fiance, I have a cat, I have obligations. I have, I have things that I have to maintain. Um, you know, and it's, it's wild. I look back at my, at elements of my twenties where, you know, if, if I had the inclination to explode my life and just fuck off and go do something new or try something new or live somewhere new, uh, I would do that just at the drop of a hat. You know, I would, uh, fuck off to Arizona for a year because I thought maybe I'd have success out there or, you know, I'd quit a job and, and, you know, know that I would find another one at some point. But my, my current job, even though that, you know, that Friday, uh, is so rough, the rest of the week is fairly short, fairly easy, allows for me to go to open mics or, you know, I have a day off on band practice day, you know, they work with me schedule wise if I have shows and things like that. Um, so, you know, cause I, I've, I've been asked, well, why don't you just find a different job? And I've looked at other jobs and, uh, two factors. One, no one's going to pay me and give me a schedule that's any better than the one I have now. The one I have now, Fridays notwithstanding, work pretty well for me. Um, and then, uh, uh, the, what was the other factor? <laughs> oh, I had it and I lost it. Um, oh, that was the thing. I'm not qualified to do anything. <laughs> like if I'm totally honest with myself, I, I have a, I have an associate's in uh human services with a focus on domestic violence and sexual assault and like yeah maybe i'd be able to find work in that um field you know immediately after i came out of college with that degree is when uh uh rauner became governor of illinois and froze the the government uh, which froze all the all the spending on nonprofit work and stuff like that so a job that I had lined up for me suddenly vanished because that fuckhole tried to run the government like a business. And you can't do that because government is not a business. It's not about turning profits. It's about caring for its people. But that's another rant for another time. Um, but yeah, so I never got into the nonprofit world for work. Uh, I wound up at this job just because I needed a job. And it's now that I look at, you know, if I went back to nonprofit work, if I got back into sexual assault work or, or, you know, domestic violence work or something like that, you take that shit home with you, you know, not just like having work that you have to do at home. Um, but like mentally you take that shit with you. And I don't know that I could expend the energy that I would need to, the mental space that I would need to, to do that job and still be able to do all the other things that I'm doing. I, I think burnout would happen so quickly. Um, cause I have, I, I get burnout now just being taxed to the mentally taxed to the degree that I am currently like memorizing stuff is very difficult for me. 
Um, you know, I, I, I joke, I have uh, material I do on stage about having brain damage, but it's true. I, I really do. And my memory is not what I want it to be. Um, and my, my ability to, to retain, uh, can be difficult sometimes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot. And so I, I get, you know, very frustrated, very tired. Um, and so I can't even imagine trying to balance all of that, that I'm trying to do for myself with, if I had to, you know, take on this, this role, uh, for work. Um, I don't think I could do it. And so selfishly, I will probably never go back into that work. I do volunteer and I do some, some education stuff for the, for the YWCA and and shit like that. Um, which is a, a, a rape crisis center amongst other things. The Y does a whole bunch of things, but my, my element is the rape crisis stuff. Um, but I don't think I could ever do that job again. Uh, and, and part of that is a, a selfish part of me where I'm like, no, I've got other things that I need to devote my, my mental energy and my time to that, uh, fulfill me in certain ways. Um, and I, and I, I don't think that I'm, I'm the right person for that work anymore you know, outside of the, the, the few things that I still currently do. I don't know that, that it, it would be right for me anymore. Um, and that was a, a hard thing to kind of figure out about myself, but it's true. Um, you know, so as I, as I deal with the, with the come down of, you know, a, a performance where someone asked me to be on that stage, you know, uh, it, it wasn't an open mic. It was, it was a show. It was a show where I was booked to be on the show. I was advertised being on the show. That's still such a wild thing for me as a, as a comic. Um, you know, cause I, I'm new, I'm still very new and I need to remind myself of that sometimes, or sometimes I get reminded of that. Uh, you know, people tell stories of, of stuff that's happened in the scene. I'm like, I, have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, Oh, that was only a few years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I've only been here for a year and a half, you know? Um, maybe even less than that. I don't know. I haven't done the math in a minute. Um, but like, I'm very new at this and, you know, I, I wish I could give it the time and the effort and the energy, uh, that I want to, you know, I, I wish I could really go hard at being a performer, being an entertainer, being a creator. Uh, I wish I could give that a, a full-time, uh, effort, but I, I, I can't. And that's okay. You know, um, cause there's plenty of time, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm going to become an overnight success or anything like that. Um, it's a, it's a slog and I'm still developing uh, I just wish I was able to give more time to developing, but I, I'm sure we all do, you know, um, we all have our day jobs. We all have our, our families. We all have, you know, our, our very neglected friend groups. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a lot of people I wish I saw on a more regular basis, but at the same time, 
you know, it's it's that balancing act of I'm working on bettering myself and my craft and then trying to still have enough of a life to have something worth talking about when on stage and you know plus the band you know the band takes up time we have practice every week we're writing a record we're going to be recording sooner or later we have shows coming up uh in in the not too distant future uh that i will start advertising as we get a little closer to them um you know so it's that balancing act and it's some days are tougher than others and yesterday was was a tough day the glitter crash was hard um and uh you know maybe if you're a performer listening to this you relate and you know if you do uh cool we're not all alone in that um but hey i get to counteract a little bit of it uh, again tonight i'll be dropping by comedy shrine for a little guest spot and uh that'll be fun i i always have fun anytime i get stage time in front of an audience <sighs> so yeah there you go that was the the topic for the day let's move on let's talk about so after my 12 hour slog of a work day i wanted to just watch stuff blow up real good you ever have that where you're just, you're having a day, and you're like, you know what would make me feel better? Watching shit blow up. Like, (laughs) um, and that's, that's, it's such a wild inclination, because I, I, there's something cathartic about it, you know, people love to blame uh, violent movies, or violent video games, or whatever, for all of what ails us as a society, and maybe there's some truth to it, I don't know, but look, I've, I've been, a soldier. I've had a weapon in my hands. Um, I've never had to use a weapon on anyone. Um, I've, I've been in my share of fights as a kid and, 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 and a young adult, no question. But like, I don't like violence in real life, you know? Um, but I'll watch it on a screen. I'll watch some big dumb action and last night I watched some of the biggest, dumbest action. Uh, I saw the Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. Um, it was fun. It was a big, fun, dumb movie where stuff blew up real good. Uh, there's fun interplay between the leads. Like Statham and The Rock are incredibly charismatic. Um, the the whole cast was fantastic. Idris Elba's great. Um, uh, oh, goodness. What is the actor's name who played the sister? Vanessa something. Uh, I should look it up, but I'm recording this on the device that I would use to look it up, so I can't. Um, but she was great also. Um, everyone, was, everyone was great. Um, you know, they're all... They all know what they're doing. There's there's enough self-awareness of just how over-the-top this franchise is. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely curious to see uh, a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. I would be totally on board with that. Uh, I won't spoil anything in case anyone hasn't seen it. 
I won't give you any any details on any of the cameos that are that are present, but the cameos are all super fun, uh, and I hope they continue to show up should there be a, a direct sequel to Hobbs and Shaw, which I imagine there will be. Um, it's interesting that they had to remove The Rock from the Fast and Furious franchise because of the the feuding between him and some of the original cast members. And honestly, like, The Rock injected new life into the franchise, adding new elements, because uh, it it's... There's only so much you can do with the premise of street racing. As they've proven, they turned it into heist movies, and then they turned it into revenge and kidnapping movies, and espionage, and spy shit, and now they work for the government sometimes. And it's like such a convoluted mess of a movie series. Um, you know, but again, it's all big dumb action, so it's still super fun. Apparently fun for everyone except some of the people making it, because like, the Rock and Vin Diesel feud, The Rock and Tyrese feud. And I think I figured out where some of this stems from. Some of it is, hey, how dare this new person show up and take over the franchise. But I think part of it is also, I have a theory about Vin Diesel and The Rock. You know, because one of the main features of, of that pairing in the movie franchise was they're so similar in aesthetic, you know, they're big, muscular, bald bruisers. But I think what it comes down to, this is my, this is my pet theory, roll with me on this. Uh, Vin Diesel is a huge nerd, like unabashed nerd, D&D nerd, um, you know, super, super nerd, who's through his movie roles, convinced people he's a jock, right? But, like, The Rock is a jock. He played football. He was a pro wrestler. He is an athlete. He trains like a maniac. Like, he is a jock convincing folks that he's a nerd. And the difference is The Rock is confident enough in his jockish turned kind of a dork way um, that he's more convincing in it. Uh, whereas Vin is always going to be the, the somewhat insecure nerd trying to convince people he's super cool. And I feel like that might translate for a lot of the people in the Fast and the Furious movies. They're all trying so hard to convince everyone how cool they are. And I think that's what goes wrong with Vin Diesel and The Rock is they are like warped funhouse mirror versions of each other, uh, each being what the other wants to be while portraying what the other actually is. Um, that's my theory. That's my theory on why they don't get along. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not on these sets. I don't know these people personally, but it's a theory I have. Uh, let me know what you think about it, if you feel so inclined to do so. But, Hobbs and Shaw, if you like Fast and Furious movies and big dumb action, it's fun. It's a fun movie. So, moving on. Recommendations. Let's talk music. Uh, first up, old song. Um kind of random. Uh, the other day I was just 
sitting around and uh, an Everclear song popped into my head. And it, it it's wild. Everclear used to be one of my just absolute favorite go-to bands. And then they suddenly they weren't. Um, and I don't know exactly what changed in my life to do that. Uh, I know they're creative output changed, but that shouldn't have changed my relationship much with their older material, but somehow it did. Um, but the, the song that was playing in my head was, uh, white men in the black suits off 1997's so much for the afterglow. And it wasn't a single off that record. Uh, and there were a number of singles. There were like five singles off that album. That was a big album for them. Um, you know, they, they, first broke into the the mainstream with the album before that but they really blew up off off the strength of this album um and it's not a single but it is still a perfect example of what everclear does when they're at their best it's a power pop sound with like super depressing subject matter done in a way that almost sounds celebratory of the the angst of low to no class living the the poverty, the bad relationships, the shit jobs, the addictions, uh, the the subjugation to a uh, an upper rich class people. Um, there's there's it it's something Everclear does just so well. Uh, you know when Art Alexakis was singing about being unemployed or having a, a a girlfriend addicted to heroin or, you know, having been abandoned by his father or whatever. You felt that shit, uh, while still feeling like it wasn't all bad because it was presented in such a way that life itself was being celebrated, even if life was miserable. Um, and I always appreciated that about Everclear. They took some of the, the harshest uh, elements of uh, a bumming around men, uh, a bumming around lifestyle, uh, you know, not a, not a purposeful bumming around, but just you wind up in these situations sometimes due to uh, where you're at in your life. And they they still made it sound like it was going to be all right. And then I think what changed for me with Everclear is... Uh, Art Alexakis, the the main driving force behind the band, the 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 guy who writes the lyrics, um, turned his life around and had a wife and had a kid and, uh, you know, got successful being a musician and life got good and when you write, life is good music, that's poppy and upbeat, uh, it it can be a little saccharine. Uh, and I think that's when I started to kind of fall off the Everclear train. And then there was, you know, they had all their band lineup shifts and changes and things like that and whatever, whatever. But that album for me is still so good. And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days I'm going to do a, a one of my album revisits and I'll focus on that album the same way I did uh, Soundgarden Super Unknown. Um, but yeah, so that's my recommendation for an older song. Check out White Men in the Black Suits off So Much for the Afterglow. Uh, for a newer song, um, Noelle Wells uh, released a, an album this month called It's So Nice. Uh, and the 
one of the tracks that's available on streaming is Sad Girl Blues. And uh, Noelle Wells is primarily known as a comedic actor. Uh, She was on SNL, Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, She had a main role in season one of Master of None, which was a super good show. I'm not going to lie. I don't know where culturally we all stand on Aziz Ansari. Uh, I haven't really touched in on that element of the cultural zeitgeist, but regardless, uh, season one of Master of None was fantastic. I never got around to season two, um, but uh, it was such a good show, and she was so good in it. Um, But I first really noticed her when she was on Cracked.com, when that was a thing. Uh, I actually still follow a lot of the the creators who were uh, major parts of Cracked uh, during its, its biggest time. Um, and, uh, you know, she's super funny, super charismatic, super charming, uh, and turns out hell of a, uh, singer songwriter. Um, and sad girl blues is a, it's a simultaneously sleepy, uh, and upbeat kind of lo-fi folksy track. Um, it, it does a great job of highlighting Wells kind of breezy vocals, uh, the song builds to a nice crescendo before settling back down again. It's it's a fun little it's a fun little song, um, very low key. Uh, you know, it's not party music by any stretch. It's not music that'll get you like hyped. But if you want to just like chill out and just listen to a, a record, I recommend this one. Uh, so check out Noel Wells' uh, "Sad Girl Blues," and uh, one of the one of the features for the podcast. Like I said, there previous episodes there's now a spotify playlist of all of the songs uh that i have suggested so just get on spotify search trash fire of talk podcast recommends uh and you will find it uh so yeah both of those songs will be on there uh this episode's running a little longer so without any further ado let's close it out with uh sometimes i do a tarot reading sometimes i pull an oracle card this week Dipping back into the Asylum Oracle deck by Emily Autumn. Uh, As I've said before, the deck is divided into five suits, uh, each representing a different element, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, uh, each corresponding to different elements of the human experience. And today, the card that I pulled is uh, it's out of the spirit uh, suit. Uh, The spirit suit is about attending to self, uh, reconciling your past, uh, things of that nature. And the, uh, the card that I pulled is the hat. And, uh, the hat might sound like a, a funny, uh, card. Um, you know, what, what could a hat have to do with, uh, yourself and your past and things like that? And, and what could a, a hat possibly tell me? Um, but if you think about it, hats uh, and hat imagery uh, is is huge in in our human experience. Uh, the card is specifically about trying new things, expanding your skill sets, and exploring identity. And if you think about it, uh, you know, in life we wear many hats. You know, that's used as as a description of the roles that we play in life. Um, and you know. Uh, hat as uniform for that. Um, you know, so if you're, if you're down on, down on your luck, you may pass the hat around, you know, uh, 
in in that that hobo clown style you know pass the hat get it get a few bucks you know uh street buskers um you know uh, street performers musicians whatever will have a hat for people to fill with their with their money you know that when when times are tough you pass the hat when times are good you wear a crown you know uh you 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 wear different hats depending on the roles you play and so with with this card with with this card being the hat what is being talked about is what are the roles that you play and what hats do you want to try on what what hats do you want to see if you look good in what you know what are what are the roles what are the 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 things that you want to try that you haven't had a chance to um you know that's the the idea uh for this card is is look at the roles that you do play look at the uh the the things you're doing in your life what hats fit what hats don't fit so well you know what hat looks stupid on you you know uh i wear certain hats for performing i wear certain hats for my uh domestic elements of my life i wear certain hats for work uh i actually do legit wear certain hats for work um and you know some fit better than others some look better than others some will never feel like uh, a good fit. And, you know, maybe there's other hats out there I'd like to try on if I just could. And maybe you feel the same way. Maybe there's hats you want to try. Maybe there's roles you want to try. Maybe there's things you want to do that you've not had a chance. And this card is a reminder that you, you can. You can try on other hats. You can see what fits. You can see what looks good on you. Uh, so think of what roles you want to play or you wish you could play or you wish you could explore in your life and what hats do you want to just put on a shelf for a while maybe not maybe not wear them for a while um you know come back to them revisit them at a later date uh things of that nature so that's uh what i want you to to think about that's what that's what the cards say for this episode so yeah dwell on that think on that you know, what is, what is a role you wish to fulfill? And what is a, a role you don't want to play anymore? Uh, and with that, I'm going to close out this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening so much. Find me on the social medias, at skitsjones. Email me, skitsmjones at gmail.com. And with all that being said and done, there's only one last thing to ask of you, and that is to keep that trash fire burning.